everybody, it's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe coming to you after an epic Mavs playoff victory. They defeated the Clippers 127 to 114. Josh, how are you feeling? I am doing pretty well, and <laughs> I'm still trying to process what I just watched tonight. I'm very confused, but very pleased. I just don't even know what to do with my hands because I, know. I was I was thinking about this last last time the Mavs won a playoff game was a, it was game two against the the Oklahoma City Thunder and my son was forty one days old yeah. uh, he is uh, four and a half it's been a long time since they <laughs> they had a victory it was really it was really something it was uh, again another really weird game but for the first time in a long time weird in a way that benefits the Dallas Mavericks and and I think we have to start with really the play of the Mavericks bench who combined to score 47 points which is I wrote about this in the recap like I can't there's a long list of things I would have hoped for the Mavericks bench scoring anything more than 25 would have been astounding to me I mean this was an amazing it was a really good performance from guys Trey Trey Burke probably played one of the better games I've seen him play in his career Seth Curry was a whopping plus 30 scoring 15 points <laughs> on six of nine from shoot like they like they pummeled the Clippers it they was did. weird um what the Mavericks so when you consider that you basically pencil in Luca and KP for getting about 20 or basically like guaranteed locks to be double digit scorers isn't that the question about this Mavs team is, okay, who else is going to be someone that can just chip in something? And they had, what, one, two, three. They had four other guys outside of Luka and KP scoring double figures. And honestly, with the way KP's playing, with the way Luka's playing, it feels like that's like an unbeatable number. Like if the Mavericks get four other guys that can score at least 10 points in a game right now, doesn't it feel like they're kind of unstoppable at that point? Like that's like... That's like uh, found money, man. That's yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, for, and for how this team's performed coming into this into the playoffs, and how we've kind of seen the role players be iffy. Like that's just that's wonderful. I, I I was really excited because we'll circle back onto this later, but it was really bizarre to see the Mavericks somehow pull up from repeated nosedives. Mm-hmm. Where- <laughs> just don't know i don't know where like we we were doing this in the slack and it's just so easy we've seen it happen too many times this year where things look great and then things look not great and it happened throughout the game and yet the mavericks hit a big shot in a variety of ways you know dorian finney smith i remember him and tim hardaway hitting big time shots in the first quarter to make to make the game just just relax a little bit uh, you know, the Trey Burke hitting some of those shots off the bench are going to be things that I've been thinking about for a long time because they were good shots. That's the thing that, that you know, like the Mavericks have such a process-based offense and what drives us nuts whenever they go to this Luka-only ISO stuff to like drain time off the clock is it takes away from what they're good at. If they just move and penetrate and do stuff, then things tend to work out well for them. I mean, there was one... Luca had one drive uh, where Porzingis was open at the top of the key, and he should have fed it to Porzingis. And Dorian Finney-Smith moved at the right time, got an easy lay-in, and that's the sort of stuff that that I, I I just remain kind of astounded by with how 
you know, the Mavericks that they don't do that more often. I mean, this was just one of these games where they had a lot of things go wrong and that they won, <laughs> that they won is really hopefully a confidence builder. I, I yeah. feel really good. Yeah. Uh, Luca basically, I mean, Luca basically did nothing in the second half. The mm-hmm. team missed 10 free throws. And they didn't just like free throws. Oh, 11 free throws. Excuse me. (laughs) So those two things. And it's not like they squeaked by. They were in control in the fourth quarter as much Mm -hmm. as they tried to kind of give it right back. But they it was just like if you if I told you those two things, you'd be like, okay, they lost. And be like, well, no, they won. And you'd be like, okay, well, they must have won by a point and like the Clippers shot 20% from the field or you know, like something, something crazy like that. No, they won by 13 and they scored 127 points and they didn't lose a quarter they didn't lose mm-hmm. a quarter they won the first won the second won the third and were even for the fourth like man that's huge it's something we haven't seen this is one of the most like oddly consistent efforts we've seen from this team like a team-wide effort despite all the really tiny paper cut bonehead plays they made uh it just in terms of like the good plays just outshining the bad it was it was it was pretty remarkable i mean kirk delon wright did things <laughs> in the fourth quarter what's going he on did. man he did that pass to uh that that steal uh yep. was pretty phenomenal that pass to porzingis uh was really something really special i that's just the kind of look hope it does something for his confidence because prior to that he was a train wreck of epic proportions. Um, mm-hmm. He just like the turnovers that he's making and are flat out inexcusable. Um, but you know, I don't want it's a, it's a victory. Let's not kill him too much because you know, right. Dallas needs him. Um, yep. Dallas needs him. The, the bench isn't big enough. And I was, I was excited to see that there. I, I just, I I'm kind of at a loss because I'm just really, really excited to see what <laughs> happened. Like I, I just, I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. got to be said. It's got to be said that the Clippers are not taking the Mavericks seriously. Um, they I think Kawhi outs- is. I don't Kawhi know. Who is. The rest of the team kind of look like a tire fire. Paul George. Uh, Paul George is. He was a mess tonight. He's he's a he's a talented basketball player, but there's a reason everybody made fun of that Gatorade commercial from two or three years ago about <laughs> being a game winner because he he had never hit one. I don't know if that's been updated since then. He's a really good secondary player. Like I'd love him with Luca, for example. But I just I'm I'm he when Luca drew his third foul uh, in the first quarter, which let's see how many that guy ended up with. Yeah, Paul George only ended up with one more foul, which is some bullshit. Um, but you know, what we can maybe talk about that in the end, if we want to have gripes, um, but the Clippers just, they didn't, they didn't take the, the Mavs seriously from start to finish. Like it was really, really confusing. You know, the, the Clippers have some really good bench guys had, had Lou Williams had 23 points off the bench and really lit, um, the Mavs second lit into the Mavs second unit, but thank goodness he can't play any defense because he, he, uh, he was a big, you know, reason why the Clippers offense even got going because, you know, one, 114 points. That's the other thing. 114 points feels a little deceptive for the Clippers. Yeah. Their uh, offense didn't look good outside of some of what Lou was doing is and Kawhi and then Reggie Jackson having like a five minute spurt where he was making threes. And that was yeah. like their offense. Yeah. I think that 
part of that was the fact that the Mavericks controlled the ball much better. Yes. Uh, yes. They had nine turnovers. As Fantastic. To what did they have in game one? I'm going to look at the box score right well, now. Well, hell, Luca had 11. They had 21 as a team. So you <laughs> cut out 12 turnovers, and Luca only had one turnover. Good yeah. gracious. Um, that's just those sorts of things. They, they didn't get a lot of easy offense. Um, the few that they did, we seemed to like scream about DeLon, like passing to the Clippers two or three times, um, which yeah. was outstanding. You know, when DeLon Wright has three of your nine turnovers, I think you're going to walk away pretty pleased. The starting unit only had four for the Mavericks, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, and, and that just really, you know, they, they did shoot hot from three. That's got to. That's got to be said, but you know we know that the Mavericks are a, are a three point based offense. And Luka yeah, that's going, their thing. Yeah. Luca going yeah. four of seven is amazing, right? But everything after that is that's so Hardaway Junior three of seven, Finney Smith two of four, Przingis three of four. Like I mean, Kleba missed two. Like it's kind of funny they could have had to even like Curry only had one of three. Could have been more. So like this wasn't like an outlier shooting shooting night for them, except for maybe Luca, uh, but. Uh, it was, it was odd because it was like when, when you're playing a team as good as the Clippers, you kind of expect because of the Clippers sheer talent and the way that they kind of are perfectly matched up against this Mavericks team. Like in my head, I've baked in like, okay, the Mavericks are going to, they're going to, Clippers are going to force them into some like really bad plays because the Clippers are, are good. They're damn good. Um, but tonight was so odd because it felt like a lot of like the bad plays were just, it wasn't like the Clippers forcing them. It was just the Mavericks kind of brain farting their way to a turnover or missing a free throw or kind of forgetting how to play basketball for like a three minute stretch of the fourth quarter. Uh, and it was like, it, it was infuriating because, you know, unforced, unforced errors are always infuriating. But it's kind of remarkable that, like, the Mavericks were in control of this game. Like, the worst enemy for the Mavericks in this game was themselves. It wasn't the Clippers. Like, the Clippers almost didn't feel like a threat for most of this game. And it was more like, okay, are the, what are the Mavs going to do? Like, are they going to are they gonna bungle this in a certain way? And they, and they didn't because, you know, Luka came in at the end of the fourth quarter and I think calmed things down a little bit, even though he, I think he only made one basket in the fourth. But he still, his presence is just immeasurable. Uh, but isn't that like an odd feeling? Like it didn't feel like anything the Clippers were doing made the Mavericks uncomfortable. Like it felt like all the bad Mavericks plays were just like, just kind of brain dead, unforced errors. Like, and I think that speaks to the impressiveness of the win. Yes. It, that's a really great way to phrase it because Doc Rivers is trying all sorts of stuff to get them to give a shit. And, uh-huh. you know, they ran that one, two, two press, which I, I, is is really interesting to watch the Mavericks do that because you just don't see that at the pro level anymore. And it it what it should have done is throw the Mavericks off their offensive kilter in terms of getting into sets. But with the spacing and the lineups that the Mavericks were playing, it never seemed to really matter. There were three instances that stand out in my head where it was like, guys, what are you doing? We're like Maxi and Dorian were like driving, but. <laughs> You know, yeah. when you get like X number of possessions in a game, you're going to have some brain farts and the Mavericks just have them now and again. And the fact that they outlasted them is, yeah. is really what's exciting because I don't see what the Clippers do to slow down the Mavericks offense. Um, I, I really don't think there's a ton they can do in so much as they probably at this point feel like they need to outscore the Mavericks, which 
let's be clear, they can do. <laughs> they just didn't, you know, there was a lot of wonky stuff that happened on their end. You know, they they shot uh, 10 of 34 from distance. You, know, you shoot under 30, it's hard to win. And they missed nine free throws. So there, there were opportunities for them to have this game be closer, which would have resulted in, you know, perhaps some crunch time, perhaps some things going differently. I, I was really pleased to see the Mavericks when the score got cut all the way to, to a 10-point deficit. Uh, Lucas scored a floater and Tim got a drive. Tim Hardaway Jr. got a drive to the basket that was called for a foul. And, and that was really nice to see something different out of, I mean, it wasn't crunch time offense, but it was drain the clock offense, do something, slow it down. I mean, there was really, it, it was, it was interesting to see that. I wonder, I, I, I don't want the match to play a clutch game, but if they do, I'm going to be interested <laughs> to see what happens. Yeah. Um, and Kirk, I was kind of counting this up while you're talking, but how about this stat? Mavericks had seven players with at least multiple assists tonight. That's great. That's phenomenal. Uh, 25 assists on 44 shots. So they assisted well over half of their makes, which I think goes to what you're kind of saying is the offense looked crisp in terms of guys were moving and it wasn't four guys watching Luca even though Luca had his hands all over the game, the other guy, like everyone else was just kind of chipping in, getting the ball to the right spot, uh, making that extra pass, which is just so crucial on a team where, you know, you're lacking the, the playmaking, like kind of, it has to be this concerted effort that everyone kind of has to chip in because if it's, you know, outside of Luca, they don't, they just don't have enough creation. Uh, so, so that was just wonderful to, to see. There was just so many good, solid reads being made by the team tonight should we touch on so you wrote a column last night which ran today <laughs> which uh our commenters our delightful commenters by the way there was a, a bit of a language barrier in that people thought i was being an asshole which is fair i tend to be an asshole but we have commenters in mavs moneyball that, that post from literally all over the planet which is so awesome but we woke up this morning to them clowning a column of yours and and I'm I agree with your column because the game one adjustments did not work, but they worked tonight because Maxi uh, bothered Kawhi enough, and Kawhi was not super efficient. Was Kawhi super efficient? <laughs> ten to twenty. Yeah. I mean, he got to the line a ton, but yeah. you know, ten to twenty-one. I don't know. He was really good. Kawhi's unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> That's about. That's about as good as the Mavs could like. If he shoots under fifty percent from the floor, like I think that's a win, no matter how many points he has. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the Mavs played like their wing defenders played good defense tonight. I Dory yeah. Smith and and he played well. So, do you want to talk a little bit about that column and what you're yeah. thinking? Yeah. So, like, I think the main crust uh, thrust of it was, you know, they kind of switched to a lineup that they haven't played a ton this year with Maxi starting next to KP. Um, that's usually like maxi KP is usually like a second quarter, third, third quarter lineup, uh, that they roll out, but they started the game. And I said in the piece, I said, the, the logic is sound in the sense that the Clippers start three big wings and the Mavericks start two and only one of them plays defense. So with the, with Morris and George and Leonard, that means unless you want Luca guarding one of Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, or Marcus Morris, which I, I really don't think you, you want, you have to start someone big because then it, otherwise you've got Seth, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Finney Smith to guard those three guys. Finney Smith can't guard three guys. You're already probably pushing it with Hardaway Jr. having to guard one of these guys. 
because uh, you know he gives the effort, but it's still not you know it's not preferable. Uh, and you obviously don't want Seth guarding Morris, but you know, so like it makes sense. Like you, Kawhi, like Maxi is probably one of the, what, the top three defender on the team. You know, it's you figure it's Finney Smith, KP, and Maxi. Those are the three best defenders. So you want them all on the floor at the same time against a team that really can physically dominate you if you don't play your cards right. So that all made like sense to me. Um, the thing that I didn't like was obviously they started the game really poorly, and Maxi had a crappy game one. Uh, in terms of his offense but what I just didn't like was the Mavericks identity since Dwight Powell went down has been this five out Corzingis as the lone big small ball kind of supercharged offense and it's been working that lineup has been killing it since they went to it and they only played it one minute in game one and I just kind of was like I think you tweeted this but I the, the point of the article was kind of do just stick to your your strengths do what you do well you know, the Mavericks, I don't think as hard as they try, as many tweaks as they make, I don't think we'll ever consider them a great defensive team, um, even though, you know, they did play well tonight. So trying to, like, juggle and and meet it halfway, I feel like it's like you're not making the defensive boost that you think you're making while you're also limping your historic offense a little bit by taking Seth out and having Luca be the lone guy that can do something with the ball in his hands. So... To me, it was just like, just play to your strengths. Like, you know, do what you do best. If you try to do, you know, play to the Clippers, you know, you might just be, you're just not doing it. You might just be juggling too many plates or spinning too many plates, so to speak. So that's why I didn't like it. Um, and that was the kind of the point I made. But I also made the point that I was like, I will not be surprised if they try it again in game two because that start in the first quarter was just so catastrophically bad in terms of like, just look like they weren't ready to play no matter who started that game that you could kind of maybe write that off although i don't like writing off large chunks of the game just because you want to but um so yeah i was like you know maybe because maxi didn't do bad on Kawhi. Kawhi just made shots because Kawhi is awesome like Kawhi is amazing so part of me was like they're not going to stop Kawhi anyway so you know just kind of stick to your strengths roll with your your great historic offense and tonight, like, you know, I think Maxi played just as well as he did on Kawhi. Kawhi just missed shots that he – he missed a couple more shots that he normally made in game one. And to Maxi's credit, he still didn't really do anything on offense. He only made two shots and missed both of, both of his threes. But he had three assists, ten rebounds, and a block. And I think he was way more of effective of a player. Uh, the Mavericks got off to a way better start because I think that they were kind of more prepared for the Clippers' defense – with Morris guarding KP and Zubak guarding Kleba. I think the I think the what the first basket of the game was Luca hitting Kleba on a on alley oop or a roll. And Kirk, you've been talking about that for the last 48 hours. Is Luca not hitting hitting roll men against in game one? So I think the Mavericks adjusted very well and seemed way more prepared for the game, way more prepared for what they wanted to do. And the lineup sung. Kleber was a plus 14 in 33 minutes. He got huge rebounds down the stretch. So yeah, I was I was wrong. Right. That and and that that was that was something to see was the rebounding. Yeah. Um it's hard to talk about Boban because he's great. And <laughs> I don't understand how the Clippers didn't punish him a little bit because he's not a great defender. He just he's just not. And they didn't, and I'll take it because in ten minutes he was a plus twelve with thirteen points and nine rebounds. That was amazing. Um, I'm if, if he was on TNT's post game show, I hope we get something up about it because that was just incredible. 
Um, yeah. but like, like he, he just, his minutes, what he did was fun. Yeah. And he has to do that because if you're starting KP and Maxi, he yeah. has to play. He'd yep. like, you can't avoid it. So for them to get that, that's incredible. That's a huge key to them, to them being competitive in these games. What did you think of KP's game? Cause I didn't like it. I know you didn't. Um, I thought it was a mixed bag in terms of process. Um, I think he, for whatever reason, the Mavericks love to just, I don't know how else to say it, but the Mavericks just seem to love throwing away three exactly. to four possessions a game by yeah. giving him these post-ups. Um, it was so funny in like the first five minutes of the game, he had this, I think one of his first touches was a post-up and he, it was, he missed the shot. It wasn't even, you know, it didn't look close. And then his very next like touch, I felt off like his very next shot attempt was him cutting to the basket, getting a pass from Luca, and getting a dunk. And it's just like, man, it's like the the blueprint is there, like it, it's right there. So I don't know if it's more like a hey, let's just feed him because we expect a lot of him on the defensive end, and let's. Uh, and I'm certainly a proponent to getting him more touches throughout the game, just in general, so that he's not just being like a spot up guy and not being engaged. But there's got to be a better balance than those touches being wasteful post ups. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, when he faces up, it's good. When he faces yeah. up, I like yep. it. But he yep. was still four of nine from two point range, including one dunk on like a breakaway and one really cool Euro step looking thing. Yeah. which means that he took some other shots, which I was just like, what is happening? Um, yeah. But I don't know. I don't mind a post-up, but I don't know. It's it's. I'm being too hard on him to some extent. I mean, defensively, he was a mixed bag too. I feel like he's been really off kilter the entire time in terms of rim protection uh, yeah. since being in trouble. Yeah. But, you know, that, that just might take rhythm. Yeah, I feel like he hasn't been as confident at the rim defensively as he was in the regular season. He seems to be questioning. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm saying this from the couch, but he just he doesn't seem to be as forceful as he was in the regular season. Um, he had four fouls, and you know, after what happened in game one, I maybe can understand him not trusting refs to call the game <laughs> the right way when he's guarding the rim. Right. Um, but uh, three or four from three was huge. Uh, he needed a good. Uh, three-point night after what happened in game one he even though he had 14 points he wasn't really shooting particularly well um i and i think the the main thing with him was i they used his they used their advantage you know like kp is the thing that the clippers don't have an answer for Um, so that's exactly true yeah so like the fact that he was able to make an impact he made things difficult for the Clippers. Like that's what I'm, that's what I need to see. In addition to him, actually the actual production, I just need to see the Mavericks using that advantage uh, forcefully uh, and make the Clippers think a little harder on on the defensive end. Yeah. I mean, I think we've, we've probably beat this into the ground, but I'm sure people are excited about it. So let's just keep rambling a little bit. The Luka game, the Luka game was pretty fun. I I, I haven't even talked about Luka yet. He had a couple of passes. There was a bounce pass to Boban that his understanding of where to place the ball for guys is something that's really improved from year one to year two. He was often making the angles in year one, but I think his precision was kind of sloppy. This year, he's been placing the balls where guys can do something with it, and that's been pretty outstanding to watch. I just I, Watching him play basketball is a lot of fun. I I had expected um, 
I had expected a, this defensive strategy to an extent based on what Rivers said in game one. I think had Luca not gotten into foul trouble, we might have seen a 45-point game from him. Oh, That's, absolutely. Like, absolutely. They, they're guarding Luca the way the Mavericks used to guard Steve Nash against when he was on the Suns, which was essentially make him want to score. But I think Luca's more inclined to score than Nash and has no problem with it. Right. I, I, you know, if anything, Luca, you know, he shot 12 free throws. He probably earned a few more they didn't give him. Um, the turnover we mentioned was great. The fouls, he had some truly stupid fouls, but, you know, that is what it is. Yeah, um, I think <laughs> I think what it, I tweeted this, you know, our, our colleague Sam in the Slack, I think really kind of wrote a, something in our Slack that's really like, it should be plastered on on the wall or like we like pinned everywhere on on every Twitter feed. He said something like, "You know, going into this series, he was like, I expected that like this is the team that I expected to give Luca trouble, like, and that was the thing that I expected coming in. And he's like, I didn't expect him to win the series, but I you know I was worried that Luca was going to have to take some lumps in this series, uh, his first playoff series against a team that's seriously designed to stop him and that he's having his way with them. And it's, yeah. it's truly amazing that a team with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and Luca is just rolling them up into a ball and, and shooting them into a trash can. Like there has not been much that the Clippers have done to bother him in any way uh, outside of, you know, the first game and the turnovers, but in terms of his scoring, he's gotten what he's wanted. And uh, I even felt tonight he was eight of seventeen. He missed some shots near the basket that he that he made in game one. So like he he was he could have had an even bigger night than he did, even with the foul trouble. So uh, I keep waiting for like Kawhi to just lock him up, and it's not happening. Um, no, there was this inc- there. I hate to cut you. There was this incredible post, incredible post from a a it was like one of these sports science accounts that showed Luca in game one moving moving Kawhi with his off arm on a drive. And Kawhi might be pound for pound the strongest player in the NBA. Yeah. And the fact that Luca is giving him physical problems in a way that probably only LeBron James is able to do from a strength point of view is something that's that's really incredible. Jonathan Sharks wrote the the a really good piece in the ringer today that talked about, you know, essentially what we're talking about here. I recommend everybody go seek it out because it shows just how, you know, one, how daunting the Clippers defense can be, but then two, just how like Luke's 21 and he's controlling (laughs) the narrative. I mean, not like the narrative in a basketball sense, but also in a, in a, in a, like, like how this story is being told you know, uh, with the way things are going to go tomorrow. Like I'm, Whew, I haven't felt like this about basketball since they drafted him. I mean, this is outstanding stuff right now. I know. And uh, like the Clippers don't have a shot blocker, so that makes it easier. But it's just like I didn't expect him to get to the basket so easily. Yeah. Um, and he's he's just doing like it's like he's playing the Hornets. Like it's not any different. No, just pick the Hornets. I just tried to think of the, the first crappy non-playoff team in my head. But um, and the Mavericks are doing lots of smart stuff. You know, let's credit to the way that they're using Luca. They're doing a very good job with him in the pick and roll in terms of trying to switch. You know, it's not like he is shooting every shot against Leonard and George. They are doing a good job 
switching Reggie Jackson, switching bigs on him and making sure that he is comfortable and not taking a total beating from those two elite perimeter defenders the entire night. Um, and then Luca is being very smart in turn. Like Luca is so smart about like finding there's five guys on the floor. And I feel like every time he comes on the floor, he's like, okay, who's the worst defender on the floor right now? Okay. Going after him. And he, and it's just a surgical precision that is just outstanding for a guy who's 21 years old. Yeah, I had a great time. Great time. Not <laughs> I, you know, it, it... Man, we get three. We get at least three more games, man. That's awesome. I'm yep. excited. Yes, yeah. yes. All right. <laughs> okay, it's one in the morning, my time. Oh, yeah, you gotta go to bed. No, I'm gonna be up. We got posts <laughs> to make. You know, I might All make right. a bot post. So you gotta write. We're gonna have fun. So All check right. back site, guys. Uh, this has been uh, Josh Bow and Kirk Henderson at uh, Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Tell your friends. Tell your loved ones. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you soon. Thank <laughs> you.